Hello and happy World NGO Day, February the 27th. That is the day when we celebrate NGOs, the non-governmental organizations taking care of well, environmental affairs, of human rights, of all sorts of causes to change the world and make the world a better place. This is what we are doing today. We are starting the second panel on the Clubhouse platform here where you can do an audio social conversation and this is new thing of course we are all learning for that what we are additionally doing we are streaming this live so welcome all the first listeners to this panel let me quickly introduce who is on this panel first we have miss sarah kadam she is representing an organization from syria the junior chamber international and non-profit enterprise in young people leading communities countries through projects events training and programs and of course her perspective Perspective comes from Syria. As well, her colleague from the JCI Syria, Ms. Batul Ahmad, she is the chairperson for the World NGO Day for this year. And she's a food and technology engineer from Syria, currently in the UK, doing her master in food processing. And so we have more people here in, on this panel. So this is Georges Mazouz. He is working for the United Nations in Dakar right now. And tell us a little bit about you. What is your background? What are you doing right now? So I worked about 26 years with international NGOs. And among those 26 years, I spent the last 14 years at headquarters in Geneva, in Switzerland, for Metrans and Frontier. And then a few years ago, I moved to UN as a consultant and uh, where I'm still on it now. Thank you, George. Yeah. And uh, if I may ask, because you are bringing in so much experience, also from many perspectives, what would you say as you, with your overview right now? Where do we stand? How powerful are NGOs these days or how weak are they? Interesting question, because recently, one year ago, I worked in a research about the way NGOs work. And then last year, I also, during the COVID period, I also observed issues happening with NGOs in different countries. So then we realized that there were issues with the value chain, that most of NGOs, the value chain broke by the moment we had lockdown in many countries, in Western countries. Some of uh, the international staff were being called back home in repatriates, I would say, due to the pandemic because of their uncertainty. So what happened is that some of them could manage to keep the operation going when they move staff, but most of them, they have a sort of disruption in their value chain. That means there were certain activities or projects that need closed down due to let's say the, the sudden let's say recall of the international personnel thank you very much so when covid is over well, how would you say what's their situation these organizations well to be honest all are predicted but what it tells us now is that what may happen is after covid there will be lots of new requirements but not new real new requirements the requirements they were already there before but were not emphasized by donor people. Nowadays, visibility is more than that. Nowadays, visibility is about data. Mm. You say from the amount of funds that you got, how much you spend there and there, 
on that. That is something that becomes as new when NGOs are not used. And then that is one. Another one will be, will be a post, will be a kind of real-time reporting system. I mean, donors will not wait again for a year to get feedback about what is happening on the ground. They may probably to have we need to have that information, let's say, more regularly than a year. It can be three monthly, can be monthly, can be all the time. I mean, and you also be required to have technology in order to process information and make it available to donors, sometimes make it available to the society yeah. we're working with. So those are major changes that we, we, we are facing. And if I may uh, give the word to Batul Ahmad, Sarah Kadam, the two panelists from the JCI Syria, what would you say, uh, how deep in, in distress are NGOs, is the NGO sector, especially in Syria? Uh, first of all, hello, everyone. Happy One NGO Day. After the war, after uh, 10 years of it, and after the corona pandemic, the economic situation uh, is getting worse here because uh, the uh, the Syrian currency is blundered uh, beside the, the U.S. currency. So I will talk now about JCI. We are volunteers. So JCI is voluntary work and it's non-profit organization. Now we are facing difficulties finding the financial, the funding for our project. So the Other NGOs, their funding is reducing because of the effects of the pandemic here. It's certainly a situation in Syria that is even more extreme. Well, the challenges right now, what you see NGOs have to face in Syria and uh, maybe also from the world perspective, because JCI, Junior Chamber International, is a big a network of NGOs. So how challenging is a year 2020 and 21? I can talk about the NGOs now in Syria that um, actually they play a bigger role now and uh, they are a main part in the community beside the private and the governmental uh, sector uh, companies. So they have a big role now and for us like UCI, our mission is to provide the development the opportunities that empower young people to create positive change. So that's the perspective that we work on every time we start a project or we uh, we want to do something. When the pandemic starts, we, we stopped everything, all our activities, and we had to move online. It was really hard for us because uh, maybe there's a slow internet, some lack of uh, the tools that we have, not very much developed because of the war and the effect we could manage and we had we have done some trainings online and we could do meetings online and it was a really good thing to to do so for me the pandemic uh, helped us a lot to develop in uh, a, a domain that we didn't think about uh, earlier maybe and we could uh, communicate with the people from around the world this pandemic uh, has good effects and yeah. bad effects for me yeah It's true, there is always a chance in the crisis, isn't it? So I think in Chinese, the word crisis also means opportunity. And we are now, of course, at this point when distress is also leading us to find new creative solutions. The, the mission is definitely there. Also, the, the mandate, as again, George also pointed out, uh, that the making it happen, the process is difficult. But as you say, Batul, that you have been 
working on a lot in well educating yourself and the organization members uh, trying to become savvy in uh, the way how to reach out through digital means i think this is something that will play in your favor now and make it possible to also reach out to potential donors and uh, supporters Uh, I would say in a conversation with Martin, actually, who is in the audience right now, the question was, how can young and new donors be involved? And uh, so, of course, it would be nice to have all kind of big uh, money donors, big uh, foundations or something to get involved and uh, have having big chunks. If I may add, add from my perspective as a digital marketing campaigner, it is always nice to reach out through a paid advertising, of course, and to say, okay, we have a targeting and we want to target people from 35 to 45 and let's pay money for it. And these are the keywords. It is okay, but on the long lasting and the sustainable way to actually build up audience and uh, it's quite close to the um, idea of also building up supporters for the mission of a nonprofit organization is to really involve them in the cause, in the idea, in the giving them the content, giving them the real transparency, what is going on. We are all talking about the storytelling in social media these days, that it's not uh, so important to just post something, but also to really tell a story, to involve people. And I think this is what NGOs can really do so that they are on the grounds They have a story to tell. They have something that they could share. And uh, as we are doing it right now as well. And uh, so this is something that I would say you are on the really right track at uh, JCI uh, when you are building up your digital capacities like this. Would you like to add something, Sarah or uh, Batul, to that? Actually, for us, we have adapted to this big change immediately. And really, we wanted to build our skills uh, till we know how we can we can contribute with the community so for us as the members we have made the like photoshop uh, training uh, it helped us a lot for uh, our media team we uh, built our team we had more members involved in it and we have done a project uh, that's called yellow freelance which is about uh, uh, telling the people and uh, making helping the community to uh, introduced to freelancing and working uh, on the internet so it was uh, really nice it was a good uh, opportunity actually for us to do something new and think out of the box not only go on the ground and work with the locals uh, so we had uh, we had people contributed with us uh, from around syria and uh, outside syria too so it was really nice and i think we can uh, all do it uh, in that way somehow if we had uh, Well, if we had the new mates, maybe we can build our skills and benefit from it. So it's good. So thank you very much for this point of view. And uh, yes, Martin Georgi is also in with us. And yeah, Martin, we were talking about the fundraising point of view. Could you quickly introduce yourself and your experience? Welcome to the discussion. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for asking me up. Um, my name is Martin Georgi. I've been in for many years with various international and national NGOs, um, among them such uh, as the European Youth Forum and the Amnesty International, um, Christian Blind Mission, and other NGOs. And I'm 
working now as a consultant for uh, non-governmental organizations in Germany. And uh, um, I think that uh, I'm also very much involved with the German Fundraising Association, which is what Daniel, what you mentioned, trying to um, improve fundraising in, in Germany uh, for causes. Um, I was thinking that today we should talk about NGOs. Not like I can, of course, say something about fundraising if you like, but uh, that's just one aspect of NGO work. I'm a bit surprised by the small number of participants here, <laughs> which I don't think also the day um, I had never heard of it before uh, in, as, as a major day. So maybe it needs a little bit more attention um, to be really um, known as an international day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, some of the con- comments made, I just wanted to check back again with the other panelists because I think Jorge or Georgia was uh, referring, I think, mostly to development NGOs, which are the traditional model of um, uh, Not, yeah, operational uh, NGOs, basically. Yeah, coming from a rich country to a poorer country and trying to do development there. And uh, I think that's just one model of NGOs. And I think there are many other NGOs uh, in in Africa and Asia, um, in uh, many continents, which are local NGOs, which are very much independent. Um, And that's also my question to our two um, Syrian participants. You know, we have a lot of projects working with Syrian refugees because of the crisis in Syria. Um, and trying to establish particularly the situation of um, people who've had to leave Syria because of the difficult uh, economic and political situation, the war that has, and, you know, thousands of people have fled Syria, and particularly in Germany, we have thousands of Syrians who have come here to, uh, particularly also young people who have come here to live a new life because the situation in Syria was uh, impossible. So I think at the moment um, it's always an issue for for donors uh, and for NGOs to know, you know, what are you really doing? What is your real work? And the non-governmental really means being independent of government. And uh, that's a challenge, I think, for many organizations to make sure that you have a position which is not just repeating the government position because then you are just a junior government uh, organization. And uh, it's the same a bit with the um, economy or the economics and the uh, side of business because many NGOs, not all of them, but many NGOs also pride themselves of, of, of being different from business because in business, your main motive usually is uh, economic gain, whereas for many NGOs, there is a more humanitarian or uh, charitable purpose, which is to do good, but not necessarily to get rich. So um, that's a question I would have here for the panel is, you know, are we here as NGOs to get rich or to uh, support our government? Um, or is it to improve the situation of people and maybe also to, maybe that's from my critical path, also to criticize the government and to criticize business when they are not fulfilling um, humanitarian ideals and um, ideals of peace and justice and uh, worldwide solidarity and cooperation. And again, may also add, so this is a little bit missing in your point of view, Martin. So what I can hear. So you are seeing this operational point of view. Okay. But the NGOs that are basically fighting for something and also asking the, well, not so uh, well, easy questions. That is a little bit missing in your point of view. Yeah, I I think we should uh, see that on many levels. I mean, there are local organizations which are just working on a local level to improve, say, the education in in, in a town or to uh, improve the environment in a town or to improve the situation of old people in a town uh, that can be very local and or it could be regional but it could also be also national and i think if you are a non 
governmental, I think the important thing is to make sure that you are maintaining a certain independence and that you're not um, just an agency working for others. And some of the large NGOs have that problem of maintaining their independence because they are put under pressure. And unfortunately, because you were asking before about the situation of NGOs, I think in many countries, the situation of NGOs has improved over the last uh, years because many more NGOs have been founded and many NGOs have been able to do their work. But we also see the situation in many countries where, in fact, the work of NGOs is hindered by the government governments and people um, who are working for NGOs are put in prison and are not able to do their work because um, working, for example, for the environment or working for the rights of political prisoners or working for the rights of young people is considered a threat to the state. And uh, so I, I know that in, you know, in many countries, the prisons are full of activists who have tried to um, go for a better society. And um, we use the expression shrinking spaces for that because in many countries, the, the maneuver or the, 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 the ability of organizations to work has been restricted by mm. laws that we should honor the people who are not just fighting for themselves but and not just fighting for their money, but they're actually fighting for solidarity and for improving the situation in their country. Absolutely. Sarah uh, Batul, so do yeah. you, what, what are your points, uh, what are your takes on that, what Martin just brought uh, up? Uh, first of all, about just, just I said, so uh, the foundation or the funding for our project or initiative, uh, whether if it's uh, small or big, uh, we, we try always to have it from the companies and from the private sectors. So uh, that's how we collaborate with the companies and with the private sectors, because as a, an organization, we cannot take a funding uh, or have a funding from another uh, NGO. So JCI uh, is a non-governmental and a non-profit, and the funding for JCI is not from uh, the other uh, nations or other NGOs, because here in Syria, uh, the NGO cannot take money uh, from another NGO. You know, it, 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 there must have have uh, like association or uh, something between them to give the to give them the money to give us the money. Just I would like to react a little bit if we have a few minutes, Daniel. Okay. Sure. I would like to react to a few points. Some of them were asked by Martin at some point. One was difference between international NGOs and national NGOs in the way we act and we get found. And then another one was about the independence or freedom towards pressure from donors or whoever can be, can be government or not. So there are things here when we talk about NGO that most of the time we assume as taboo, we never talk about is the funding. And then the other one is what we call the independence or freedom from pressure. I believe most of organizations that have some pressure, they will have at some point pressure. At any given point in time, they face pressure, depending where most of their funds come from. And the agenda, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are addressed. And then, which fund they use, which fund they get, I think it depends on organization, philosophy, mission, and what they believe and what they, 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 they stand for. Then I won't go to that because every organization has its own specificity and that. But we won't come back to the difference between International and national, international of yesterday, okay, was the big machine that comes in another country to do to do the work on the state of one other. So bring international people, as everyone knows. But one thing that will happen after COVID, we do not talk much about competing, but at some point we'll compete with national organizations because of one reason. As you can see, Uh, GSI, if I'm not mistaken, is an organization that is, is addressing a small, uh, a specific issue in their country. It's 
And international organizations today, they are repositioning themselves into new ways of doing things, into new markets. As you could see, that the basic services that we usually do, now they can be conducted or performed by national organizations or others that can even be integrated into government systems. I would like to ask you, Martin. So Theresia is asking, what role does social media and especially live broadcasting and marketing uh, in the young generation play to make aware of your purpose and the work you do as an, an NGO? What is your point of view when it comes to the, these tools in, in the fundraising? Well, social media has become more important over the last years, but it quite frankly is still playing only a, a small percentage of the overall income. For young people, of course, um, social media is much more important for them. For the older people, and in terms of raising awareness of you and uh, actually getting people involved, uh, and that's been talking about activism much more than finance, I think uh, social media has become uh, quite important. But um, still, in terms of the overall market, it's still playing not the biggest role. It's increasing strongly from year to year, and it will become more important over the next five years. Mm. But uh, much of the donations still happen um, over traditional methods like uh, post by the mail, by uh, direct contact, by events, um, by grants, uh, um, you know, etc. So, um, as I said, fundraising is best if it's coming from different sources. And um, social media is, is an important source and it's growing. For many organizations, it's still a small part of, of the income. And uh, as I said, but however, for young people, of course, it's, it's important. If you're really looking at money, however, you should also take into consideration that, of course, older people tend to have more money than younger people. So if you're actually looking for effective fundraising, it's not so bad to also look at the older people who might be able to give you significantly more money mm -hmm. than the young people. And I w I'm just remembered of my times when working for consumer goods marketing, there was this brand that was particularly bought by uh, the older generation. And at a certain point, the producer of this uh, chocolate was then uh, really afraid and said, well, actually, we have declining re revenues because the older generation is uh, kind of uh, not that strong anymore. So there are less people buying it and new people are not coming. The size of the donations is leveling this out. But could we be in a similar situation that we are a little bit neglecting the younger generation and uh, we are not well, feeding new donors and new supporters to NGOs in the long run? Well, I don't know how much more time we have here. I think that's an issue we could discuss for at least 45 more minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a much, uh, it's a complicated issue because you can take two different positions on it. If you want to take the positions um, of strength of the market, I think, as you can see in the German market, the fundraising market grew by 5% last year. And uh, also in some other countries, I, in some countries, it didn't do so well, the fundraising market, but in Germany, it increased last year because the economy, even despite the pandemic, didn't decrease that strongly as in some other countries. And uh, since many of the incomes, and that's why I was referring to the old people, the older donors uh, who are depending on pensions, and the pensions were very secure last year. There was no problem with the pensions. And actually, people could not go out into restaurants. They could not go out to the movies. So they had much more money to spend. So actually, fundraising was quite successful last year. So the income has grown. In terms of what you're talking about, the number of donors, yes, there has been a small decrease from year to year over the number of donors. So there is a worrying trend. 
Um, but again, if, if you're looking at size and income, I don't think there is a problem. If you're looking at participants, then it is an issue. But of course, younger activists who are maybe giving some individual small donations or who are giving uh, on a gaming or streaming platform who are just activists and not donating any money, but just giving their activism, they would not be part of those figures that we're talking about. So I don't actually think the, the situation is as bad as it's being reported. I think there is a lot of activism. Young people are very involved in, in, in Germany in many causes. You saw the big Fridays the future movement, you mm. saw all of the solidarity True. work for the refugees, and all of those people who you know who spent countless hours uh, in helping, for example, refugees to find their place in Germany, or in helping um, all of the climate change discussions, all of them would not be listed under those statistics, because they're not donating any money, but they're donating a lot of their time and their efforts. So I'm actually quite optimistic that overall we're having a, a also in the pandemic time, we're having more solidarity uh, rather than less, even though it's not always shown in the figures. Wow, thank you. Uh, do we, would we like to make a quick wrap up World NGO Day 2021, maybe beginning with Georges, like in one sentence. So uh, what does it mean to you? And uh, what would you like to wish the NGO sector to be in when we meet in one year from now? Well, I would wish all NGOs, including national NGOs, to diversify as much as Martin says, the social funding. That is one. And secondly, I think it will be an interesting competition between national and international because the rule of games are changing. So as we can see, some international organizations are already starting operation in their home country. That means there is something happening in other side of the globe, so then there will be changes too. So it will be higher competition. That's something I wanted to say. Thank you. And Thank you. And Sarah, what is your final word on World NGO Day 2021 and how would you like to see it in one year? Yeah, I, I want to say like two points. The first one, uh, as a young person living here in Syria uh, during and through these circumstances, maybe other people uh, consider uh, these issues are uh, simple and little. But you know, when you when you are a young person and live through these circumstances for ten years and can't find the, the right opportunity, so uh, such as all the people and uh, youth that left. Uh, who left and traveled to find the opportunity that they uh, they want, and uh, we still, even though we're still trying to uh, to do something and to create the positive impact. So I think this is a huge achievement, and the huge achievement uh, today is to be here with you, Mr. Daniel, and with Batul, uh, Mr. Martin, Mr. George here uh, commemorating World NGO Day, even all the circumstances that we are facing. So happy World NGO Day! Thank you, Batul. So what is your final? All right, uh, then I will say that uh, World NGO Day works like a reminder for us, like uh, for NGOs, for the major role that we that we have in society. So it's really important for us. Like uh, last year, we, uh, we gathered 15 uh, organizations and NGOs to uh, meet under the celebrating the World NGO Day. So it was really great, and we worked together uh, for from that day to till today, like a one team. And today we uh, we met here in the panel. So I I hope that next year we ha we have better better results and uh, better effect in our society um, locally and internationally. And happy World NGO Day. Thank you. And Martin, what are your thoughts? 
Well, I just hope the NGOs uh, get a lot of um, opportunities uh, over the next year to improve their work, to become stronger, to reinvigorate their purpose and, and their fundraising, and that uh, we manage to stop governments from uh, putting up barriers um, uh, for action. So I'm always against walls and more for bridges. And I think that's the job of the NGOs to build bridges and not walls. Wow. So thank you very much uh, for, uh, for you, uh, for your participation. Martin, uh, also let me thank you for your insights and looking forward to seeing or listening to you soon. And uh, Sarah and Batul, I also wish you all the best for your continuation of your young careers. Like may it be in the well food processing industry or in the international uh, organization sector. And George, all the best for you in the international organizations world. And uh, that is it for today. Uh, world NGO Day 2021. Wishing you a good evening wherever you are right now. Thank you so much, Daniel. And uh, all of you have a great day. Happy World NGO Day. Thank you. Thank you so much. And have a great day, everyone. And see you next time. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank, bye. thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. I'm Daniel Schwenger in Geneva, Switzerland. What trends are shaping your environment? Would you like to reach out through a podcast? Contact me at podcast at ngo-research.org.